afternoon or good evening and welcome to another HRO Today educational podcast. I'm Elliot Clark. I'm the CEO of HRO Today. We publish HRO Today Magazine, HRO Today EMEA, and HRO Today APAC. We are the producers of the HRO Forum and events held around the world and the managers of the HRO Today Association. Today, we're going to talk about something that everyone is talking about. As you sit at home listening to this, or maybe in the office, everyone's thinking about being remote. Now, a lot of the time in HR, we're talking about remote work as to how to manage people who are remotely working. Today, we're going to talk about it in the context of how do you recruit people for companies that may have remote work options and those that may not. Today, we have a phenomenal guest with us to talk about remote work. He is Jeffrey Sunderland. Jeff is the head of sourcing for North America for Resource Solutions. He came over to Resource Solutions about five years ago, but before he joined the dark side on the provider side, he spent 14 years in-house as the senior director of talent acquisition for a major IT consulting company. Resource Solutions it is based in the UK. They've got significant operations in Europe the Americas, and in Asia, and they are one of the top providers on the HR Today RPO Baker's Dozen. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Elliot. Happy to be here. Is there anything you want to add about Resource Solutions before we get started? Yeah, you mentioned that we were founded in the UK in 1997. We now operate in 31 countries around the globe. In the US, we're headquartered in New York, but we have staff at client sites throughout the US, a team that works in our solution center in Jacksonville, Florida, and many more who work remotely for our clients that need that maximum flexibility. Our goal at Resource Solutions is to redefine work so everyone has a lifetime of opportunity. Oh, that's great. So let's talk about opportunity to work remotely or not work remotely or recruit remotely or not recruit remotely or something remote. Recent Gallup poll, and this was all over the mass media, indicated that as much as 65% of the U.S. workforce is interested in remote work or considered as part of a job evaluation. Now, we already know at HR Today from polls we've done amongst CHROs and some amongst CEOs that remote work is very unpopular with C-suite executives. So I'm going to make this two parts. How are talent acquisition leaders supposed to attract talent to companies when they may not be able to give the candidates what? they want maybe remote work and how do you position yourself for competitive advantage when you may already be leading off with the negative what do you recommend good questions the pandemic has really forced companies to re-examine their thinking on where work is done and many of our clients have transitioned from remote to hybrid or even fully on site and what we've seen is the candidate market has really distilled down to three basic groups the first group are candidates who are only looking for remote opportunities and if your advertisements if your linkedin messaging if it doesn't start with remote opportunities that group's just simply not interested. The second group is really candidates who want the buzz of an office. They want the interaction and the collaboration that comes with being in an office at least a portion of the time. They're not interested in the remote-only opportunities. 
that third and probably largest group are candidates that are open to either remote or in office and their decision criteria on accepting a position or even talking about a position is really around the details of the organization, the position. They want specifics and they want to be lured into those specifics. So if you're a TA leader at an organization that doesn't offer a remote option, it's critical that your team or your RPO provider is equipped to meet that challenge of a reduced talent pool. So how should the companies think about talking to those different groups? What do TA leaders need to do to be prepared for that? It's really important that they ask and get answers to three important questions. And that first question is, have you educated or has your RPO provider educated business leaders on the impact of the company's decision on where the work is being done? And are you, are your team, are your RPO provider continuously educating the business and hiring managers on the market trends that impact the talent pool? Are you using data to set realistic expectations of your ability to fill those roles? What the time will be and what the cost. So that's the first question. Education. Have you done it? Are you doing it? The second question is, is your recruitment team armed with the right talking points to capture the attention of candidates? And are they prepared to discuss what I like to call beyond standard EVP? Because it's just not enough to have a high level organizational story and a benefits overview. To attract these undecided candidates, we need to be able to articulate articulate and sell on specific points about the organization. What specific cool projects or initiatives are candidates going to be working on? Your recruiters need to be able to understand and articulate the organizational DNI commitments. It's important to people. And beyond the current compensation conversation that you're having with a the candidate, they need to be able to discuss the timeframes for promotion, for bonus payouts, and for annual reviews. This candidate population wants to know the specifics about not just the opportunity and the environment, but what's in it for them. And many times you only get one shot at having that conversation. So your recruitment teams need to be armed and prepared to articulate the why. And then the third question that is imperative that gets asked and answered is, are your hiring managers and your diverse interview panel participants, are they aware that it's their responsibility, not just to vet candidates, but to reinforce that your organization is an employer of choice. Now they can do that by being engaging, by being friendly and making sure that they answer the question, why your organization? So are you educating? Is your RPO provider educating your hiring manager population and interview population that it's more than just about vetting a candidate? It's about selling them. Now, to be able to do a number of these things, you need a lot of information. You know where the candidates are. You need to know what they're thinking. You need to know what your employment brand is. So I would think that one of the questions you need to add for your TA leaders, in addition to the three good ones that you have already mentioned or three categories of questions, is do you have the intelligence to do it? I know that Resource Solutions has a product called Market Intelligence or RS Intelligence, but whether it's your platform or another provider or another party or something internally done, these sourcing strategies need to be determined far in advance to be successful. A lot of people are caught sort of off guard by this remote work topic. So how does your company or any market intelligence platform 
prepare the TA leaders to create a competitive EVP and know what they need to know to overcome these obstacles. You're absolutely right, Elliot. Market intelligence is a key component of any successful sourcing strategy. And and that's the reason why we have a sourcing strategy is to have successful outcomes. So market intelligence should be driving things like location strategy, competitive pay bandings, and candidate outreach. I'll give you an example. If your organization has offices in New York City, in Indianapolis, Indiana, and Tampa, Florida, and you've always hired your financial analyst in Manhattan and they had to be on site? Is your RPO provider just filling those roles in Manhattan? Or are they asking you what's driving your location strategy? Are they providing you with the intel to show the viability of filling those roles in your Tampa offices or your Indianapolis offices? Are they providing you with the market intelligence to do that? Or the second example, it's super critical to set expectations on the viability of attracting and closing top talent. We all want top talent in our organizations, but does your organization's pay bandings meet the market for the senior talent your hiring managers are looking for? Or is it more in line with less experience or more transferable skills? So using market intelligence to set expectations with hiring managers on the types of talents their budgets can actually achieve can be the difference between having strong hiring manager experience feedback or losing the confidence confidence that your TA function has the ability to deliver. RS Intelligence, our our suite of RS consultancy offerings are allowing us to help our clients make more strategic decisions on location strategy, competitiveness to attract and close talent, and really to make needed changes in systems and hiring practices and policies that allow you to attract a more diverse workforce through our inclusivity audits. Making data-driven decisions is critical to the success and sustainability of our sourcing strategies. I always talk about, you know, the war for talent. In 1997, McKinsey came out and said the war for talent is on. They were 2,000 years late to that argument. You never see companies advertising for, you know, mediocre executive or barely conversant engineer or minimally competent programmer, right? It's inconceivable that you'd see an Indeed posting. We'd like someone who's good, not great. But to your point, without really knowing what the salary structures are in real time, a lot of times you can't afford the hyperbole you put in your own advertising, since we're talking about market intelligence from a comp perspective, are companies being flexible enough to actually be competitive? You know, when you sit down with them and said, hey, here's your job, here's what it costs. And if they're below market, are they listening to you about making those adjustments? The successful ones are, and it's not always about budget, but it absolutely comes into play. So having a market intelligence tool that allows your recruiters in a, in a live conversation where a hiring manager says, I need these 10 skills and I absolutely have to have these 10 skills. Being able to show them what that does in the market versus maybe you get these five skills and you train on these five skills and this is the talent pool that it opens up in your budget. So being able to have those real-time conversations, showing market intelligence, bringing that to the table, it's the difference between being successful and having a job open for much longer than you'd like it to be.
Interesting. Well, you can certainly tell everyone what the numbers are, and hopefully they all listen to you. You made some great points that companies need to think about the questions that their TA leaders need to ask themselves, and they need to ask the executives, and they need to know their, their information and their data. Are you finding, you know, right now in this era of wage inflation and all of the competition for talent that the internal TA leaders are really relying and listening more closely to their external advisors and providers such as a resource solutions just because it's harder? Are you seeing more receptiveness to the kinds of advice you're giving? Absolutely. And it's driven by their desire to be successful, that their TA function is seen as being able to deliver. And it's the flexibility as well. Again, budgets are budgets and most TA functions aren't controlling budgets, but what they are controlling is the advice that they're giving to the hiring community, to the business. And as we go into budget seasons for many organizations, it's making sure that they're at the table, that they're provider is at the table arming them with the right market intelligence to drive the decisions because no talent acquisition leader wants to have roles that they can't fill because they're in a location or at a cost point that just the market just won't allow you to fill. So my advice to any TA leader is be armed with the right information and be at the table to give the business the information they need to make budget decisions up front so you don't find yourself behind it when you're trying to fill roles in the middle of the year. All great points. A lot to think about here, a lot going on, and some really good perspective. Let me take a moment to thank Jeffrey Sunderland, who's the head of sourcing for Resource Solutions here in North America. He is giving you a lot to think about. So, Jeff, thanks for taking part in the podcast. We'll get you back soon to continue this conversation. Thank you, Elliot. So there you go, folks. Think about it. Ask yourself these questions. Have these conversations with your executives. Know your numbers. We started off talking about remote work and sort of moved around a little bit. You've got advantages and disadvantages to all the policies you may have and being prepared on how to address them, whether it's remote work or something else will make a big difference, as Jeff just told you. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your attention. We have a lot going on in the world of hiring, and we hope this information was useful to you. I'm Elliot Clark, the CEO of HRO Today, and we'll look forward to you joining us on another HRO Today educational podcast. Thank you.